Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Hello and welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss and share the story of a really fascinating challenger brand in a highly competitive sector and how it's using sports to disrupt its category is Charles Nieves, Vice President of Marketing for Game Day Vodka. Welcome, Charles. Happy to be here, Jim. Right, I'm happy to have you. So, Charles, if I have it right, your origin story with Game Day is, is really interesting. You were in a role with, uh, with Mirfield IMG, representing the, the University of Miami Hurricanes, and you approached the brand about becoming a partner, and, and now you're running marketing for them. So can you kind of walk us through how all that, uh, all that came to be? Yeah, you know, interesting process, but you know, started as as a traditional sales process would. Got comfortable with the product by seeing it at retail. Uh, saw that it had a similar colorway to um, the Miami Hurricanes uh, team colorway. Um, reached out to a local seller uh, and just learned as much as possible about the the product. Talked about how we could potentially work together to add um, IP to. Uh, their point of sale and their branding opportunities and and how it could help them, you know, build a, a more resonant messaging. And, you know, Jim, from that conversation led to a, a broader conversation with leadership to another conversation with Learfield national sales team, which uh, ended up resulting in the first ever spirit deal with IP use across the country in, in um, the NCAA space. And then obviously somewhere along the way, they were so impressed with you. They said, hey, Charles, you want to come over to our side? Is, is that pretty much what happened? Well, you know, I wouldn't say like happened like that, <laughs> but I'll tell you, as, as the deals start to close up and, you know, you, you have that, you know, celebratory glass of um, game day cranberry and, you know, you get about halfway through it and you're like, hey, like you put a lot of time and effort and passion into putting together a deal. You ha- had a lot of fun, you know, selling uh, on the college and, and nonprofit side for 13 years just seemed like a natural opportunity to head to the other side of the table and continue to build something that I truly believe in. And, and that's, you know, supporting the you know, college uh, space and, and also learn as much as possible about our NFL partners and NFL deals, but also work with people that I've, I've you know, got to know really, really well uh, over my tenure in the industry. That's great. I, I really, really love that story. And, and I want to come back a little bit later and talk about what that transition from kind of seller to buyer, if you will, has been like. But but before we do that, let's talk a little bit more about, about game day, because it's a really, really 
interesting brand. You know, you you currently have, as you mentioned, uh, about a dozen sponsorships between NFL teams and, and college athletic programs, and also it. it the brand continues to do the the colorways, which I think is the way most of us, like you, you know, have seen that in in our favorite teams' colors. That's that's the way they've been connecting with fans. So, in a perfect world, I'm imagining you know you just have official status sponsorships with with every team, but obviously that's that's unrealistic. Nobody's got the budget for that. So, how are you now making decisions on where to invest in partnerships? You know, in which markets it's okay to just kind of go, you know, go ahead with the colorway program. You know, how do you how do you determine, you know, what what gets what? Yeah, you know, a lot of you know trial and error error over the past you know six months to to a year. Uh, we've learned a lot. There's a lot more that goes into our decision making process now than than maybe you know six to to eight months ago. We'll, we'll look at you know if, if the the market is a vodka heavy market, what the opportunity is with the local teams, you know, what the competitors doing in the space There's a great relationship with the distributor. I mean, there's just so many different aspects that we look at to, to enter a market right now. We have 16 team partnerships and just over 15 markets. And um, in 2022, we'll look to double markets, but will we double partnerships? No, right. We'll be very strategic about what's worked for us and what hasn't. And the, the, the first, 16 deals that that we acquired, right? And, and and with that, hope to get better with with less. You know, we look at you know our activation, uh, what we can do on site with an individual partner. Does this market support the team a, a bunch, Jim? And and it's been fun to 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 learn that process through what's been a a great first year. That's great, and and I want to get into some of the specifics on the activation. But before we do that, basically, obviously, you you. The, the sports angle is, is critical for for this brand, you know, attracting fans through the through the deals, through the association with, with the teams. But just overall, what are what are your brand's marketing objectives now? You know, still you know, relative newcomer in in the space. You know, what are you looking to accomplish? You know, awareness trial. You know, what what are those objectives? Trial kind of leads the way. People will automatically, if it is a team colorway, be attracted to the bottle. You know, and then we have that conversation about who we are and where we're distilled and uh, why we're better and, and then say, you know, why we think you should give us a shot. And the next question is, is always, well, how does it taste? Right. So what we know is, you know, folks aren't just going out every day looking to try a new vodka. Right. So if we can get them to experience us, uh, we truly believe that we have a, a really good and, and, and smooth vodka. Right. So once that happens, the affinity is, is already there for whatever team that, um, you know, we're engaging or, or, or using to engage at the time or whatever, you know, restaurant experience you're having where our icon Mac black bottle is behind the bar and we're on a featured cocktail and there to have a conversation about it, whatever that experience is. Now you're, we're two for two. We taste better. And, you know, we've built a resonant relationship with you. And, and from there, we have to continue to drive the awareness and the conversion, right? Which will ha- be hand in hand for us, continue to be there at, at every game, continue to be there at every watch party, continue to be there, all those lifestyle moments of a fan that happen throughout the week leading up to what is subsequently game day. 
And then kind of translating that, as you say, you know, seeing the bottle, seeing the colors and actually being able to tell that story. I, I'm imagining that's through a, a lot of different channels, whether it's it's on premise, uh, you know, the people who are actually behind the bar or whether it's social or, or traditional kind of advertising media. Is that all in the mix? Absolutely. Beyond our, our team sponsorships and, and you know, what we're able to do on game day and in the building with the rights, we, we do build a, a robust portfolio program of how we engage both on and off premise with point of sale, how we train staff members and team members, brand ambassadors, what have you at the local level to talk about our product, what the opportunities are to engage, whether it's on game day or off game day, how we can help support our, our local uh, partners and vendors through our social channels and or through there. So definitely a 360 degree approach, if you will. And, and while it may skew a lot heavier towards uh, experiential and, and getting lips to sips, it, it definitely is um, supplemented by all channels throughout the, the marketing spectrum. Lips to sips. I have to I have to remember that one. That's a good one. So let, let's talk about then that 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 game day, literally game day uh, experience, the the on-site activation, as you mentioned, and just the the activations in general that you have, you know, around your partnerships. And and I'm, I'm guessing also that there, you know, obviously are going to be differences between your your collegiate uh, partnerships as well as then versus the NFL partnerships. Yeah, we we tend to try to stay in a few pillars that are, are you know highly dominated by IP designation and use of marks and logos, but experiential, you know what. We can't do is just put our name in lights and, and hope that everyone will see us and, and subsequently go to uh, their on or off premise, you know, retail locations and, and think about you know, game day vodka. But what we can do is, you know, be that disruptor that's in the fan zone playing defense a little bit like, hey, look at us um, leading up to the Giants. Right. Looking up like, hey, hey, we're, we're down here pulling at uh, the, the coattail, if you will. And, and through that, be able to engage fans in a way that they, they haven't before. You know, we, we firmly believe that. Every day is game day, not just on the physical and, and actual game day. So to be able to, you know, follow that, you know, passion point into the home throughout the week, to be able to, to do it at the bar with your friends when your team's away, uh, we, we really see that as a competitive advantage that we have to engage at the local level. Anything specific coming up? You know, we're talking early in the year. Any plans, uh, anything we should be, be looking out for? Absolutely. You know, we'll look at diversifying our product line, you know, more details to come on that over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, a lot of opportunity to, to, to spread game day, if you will, throughout other aspects of game day. But also um, just from a, a growth perspective, look at, you know, how we um, launch different and, and new uh, emerging markets in, in Q1. We'll try to double 15 to 30 and beyond. Um, additional retail partners. How, how do we uh, engage um, larger uh, and, and more franchise broad perspectives uh, across the country as we enter California and Arizona and Minneapolis and markets like that. So a lot of opportunity for just for growth, a lot of opportunity for for learning. Um, you know, we'll take everything we did this past year and, and look at how we translate that into further success um, through benchmarks in 2022. You, know, you mentioned that uh, kind of tugging on, on the coattails of Giants. So, so I have to ask, I had uh, Ed Pilkington on the podcast recently from Diageo uh, talking about their relatively new partnership with, with the NFL. It, was that something that uh, when, you, when you saw that they had signed that deal, was it like, oh boy, <laughs> that's, um, that's going to put a, a crimp in some of our plans? Or are you just kind of like, well, we just got to, to, to work with what we've got? 
Yeah, you know, I think if, if anything, uh, you know, it deserved a conversation and we had one internally. And, and I think the consensus was it was reassuring that, um, you know, brands like that are is still investing in sports in, in, in such a large way at the most broad and, and, and most respected level. Right. What it allowed us to do was look at where there was opportunity at the grassroots level. And, you know, hopefully through experience, both on the spirits and the sports side, we collectively built partnerships that allowed us to still have an opportunity to win in our space, right? And we're not out there comp- competing with, you know, any national or, or global brand. That's that's not the class that we're in right now. Like we, we're going to punch out our weight class, but there's still um, an opportunity to be one. And, and that's what we feel like we've done at the local level with our team partnerships, both uh, in the NCAA and the NFL. We've talked about this from a from a consumer focus, and and is that really the 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 um, the focus for you right now? Is is kind of you know using the partnerships for for B two C, or are there any kind of business to business elements to this in terms of uh, hospitality, helping to build that? As you say, you've got to build you know retail partnerships and, and things like that. Does that factor into to the partnerships at all? Sure. I mean, we leverage our, our partnerships to drive sales, you know, on off premise, but also. Um, to build better relationships, whether it's with the building or, you know, with our, our distributors. So being able to, you know, build relationships and, and have assets at your disposal that make sense and drive behavior and get folks excited locally. You know, we're still a very lean team as a startup brand of 25, uh, but growing extremely rapidly and, and need to be able to understand the nuances of the local level. So to be able to leverage those, you know, inventory pieces that we acquire through teams to drive behavior in the market is is critical. On, on the collegiate side of things, Charles, has there been any kind of pushback or, or have we really kind of gone beyond the point? I, you know, I can, I've been around long enough. So I remember when, you know, spirits and even beer with, with collegiate athletes, athletics rather, was, was a bit of a no-no, but we seem to have, I think, moved, moved past that. We've, we, we've seen a lot of, a lot of deals, uh, certainly yours included. So how, how is that kind of playing out? Do, do you get any kind of pushback or do you have to do things a little bit differently in, in the collegiate space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's evolving at a slower pace, um, albeit. And, and you know, I, I think the advantage that you know I've been able to have is was part of teams that helped build it out, or, or part of programs that pitched it throughout my career at Learfield. So you know, Miami being one of uh, the the few properties across the country that have been able to advertise uh, and allow advertisement within the spirits category, I kind of have a tutorial of it. Uh, you know, for the past three years during my my tenure. With the cane. So what we were able to do on that side of it was show success of where it's worked. Right. So I've sent that case study to our national team year after year. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we could be doing. And over time, universities have been more open to allow um, with very strict guidelines and advertising to legal drinking age. Right. To allow us to uh, partner and use their marks and logos. Uh, Crawl, walk, run, though, Jim, it started here. I, I can say over the football season. More opportunities were provided to us as we enhanced fan experience and helped drive more engagement online and did all those things that athletic departments want to do. You know, we can see these partnerships continue to grow year over year with now the question is, hey, what are you doing at Texas A&M and Florida State that's so successful that we can do at this university? And if we give them a list of five and two come back, then great. We're we're better off than we were the, the previous year. 
That's the great thing in marketing. We can uh, always uh, borrow from success stories, like you said. And as soon as somebody sees that, hey, it can be done, it can be yes, done sir. the right way, responsibly with the guidelines in place, and it can achieve results, then everybody will, will be wanting to do it. So, so we talked uh, before about kind of the transition that you made. So I do want to, to wrap up with that question of, you know, as somebody who's marketed partnerships and is now on the brand side, I'd love for you to share first, what are your, uh, the best and worst aspects of your current role? What do you like most? What do you like least? And what do you miss the most and the least about your, your former positions? As someone who uh, spent, you know, their childhood between Boston, Mass and, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I had very clear and decisive team affinities growing up. And, and although, you know, most of, you know, my teams were winning championships, I, I, I knew, you know, every day who was my team and, and who was my rival and, and who, you know, we kind of liked and who we did. And I could experience game day from the true vantage of, of a fan. Now, um, as much as I try to, I try to support our partners, right? You won't catch me cheering for the other team in your stadium. If, if we're you know, investing in the program, if we're investing with the partner, um, I, I want to be so bought in that I understand the nuances of its fans as well. And so I found myself, um, and I, this is the best and the worst, I found myself being less and less uh, tied to one particular team for whatever reason, which is, is tough because I, I like being able to, to raise that flag. But the, the good thing is now we have so many to cheer for and I'm being able to you know, learn from each and every one about how fans are different and how communities are different and how we can go in and support uh, each and every team. So gift and a curse a bit, but um, it, it's, been a, it's been a fun and wild ride so far. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can recall uh, in, in a previous role, having the opportunity to work with the, the biggest rival of my my favorite NFL team. And just, you know, really on an emotional level, like, boy, can I, am I really going to be able to do this? <laughs> but you you put your professional hat on and, and you go about your business. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, and, and my wife may not like it, but there's a lot more hats in the closet right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and they get, you know, they get used often. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, Charles, really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to walk us through, like I said, what is a very interesting story in, in, in Game Day Vodka. Wish you nothing but uh, but success uh, this year and beyond, and, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye out for uh, for the new developments you've got coming down the road. Appreciate you, Jim. All right. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening, and please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.